0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Download our app, Sealing God's People, for our daily podcast pro- focusing on the present preceding Word of God in this season, the last season there of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. The present season of the body of Christ is what we're focusing on today and the predominant seven in the Word of God. The Word of God itself is based on seven, God's seven is God's perfect number. Well, me, Take a look at the 66 books of the Bible, the Word of God, which it is, the Thuronuptus, the God-breathed Word of God, over 40 authors, over 3,000 some odd years. And there's a, a golden cord and a silver thread going through the Word of God in total unity. And we see here as it breaks down with sevens. We have five books in the Pentateuch or the Torah, uh, there they have the major prophets, uh, being five books there. And there we have the history being 12 books in the Old Testament history with 12 minor prophets there being 12 books also. We have five books of wisdom with five books of the New Testament history. Then we have the New Testament letters. Uh, there are the epistles, uh, or 22 books making a total of uh, 27 books in the New Testament, 39 in the Old Testament. A total of 66 books, which is 22 times 3. 22, the number of the napsa bowls for the light in the candlestick. There, times 3, giving us 66, the body, soul, and spirit unto perfection. When we take a look at the menorah, the seven golden candlesticks, we know there's 22 napsa bowls. And... uh, Three on each branch and four in the center branch. You'll see here, one, two, three, that will feed the seven lamps. When we see in the four, in the center one, the shamas the servant branch, there's four, two, three, four of them. So there's six there in the branches, uh, six branches that with three knots of bowls in each one of them for eighteen. And then four in the center branch giving us a number of 22, the number of light that shines over against the shoe bread for us to have revelation of the word of God. Much goes into a half egg of beaten olive oil going into uh, the lampstand, And of course, they, Aaron was the one that was tended to those lamps, etc. But what we want to see in Genesis 1 verse 1, that we see in that Genesis 1 verse 1 in the Hebrew, we see Bereshit, bara Elohim, Eight, Hashemayim, by the In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. When we see Bereshit in the beginning, Barah created Elohim, God, we see <clears throat> this small two letter word, Eight. It is the A to the Z that God is in all his attributes. It's the aloft to the tav in Hebrew. It's the alpha to the omega in Greek, just as Jesus stated in the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, verse 8. Jesus said, I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. He is the omnipotent, Almighty God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God. There in the very first Verse and the Word of God, Genesis 1, verse 1, we have that seven literally stamped through the Word of God for perfection, for the perfecting of the body of Christ. When we see that it is a law first letter up there that you see to the top, which is written as a cross, meaning salvation, and that is the mark upon which the body of Christ will be sealed. Not starting out and running the race, but finishing it. Don't we know that all running a race, but only one win at the prize? That's the reason why in Ezekiel 9, you seal the servants of God, the ones that are crying out for the sins and abomination done in Jerusalem, and set a mark upon them, that man with a riders incorn by his side. That mark is a tov. It is the cross. And that cross, there is salvation. Talb is the last letter, meaning that we have come through going on to perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, the word of God getting us there. When we see <clears throat> the seven feasts of the Lord, the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man in Leviticus 23, and we've all seen that, that there are many of these feasts, the Moed, that have not been fulfilled as yet. Jesus paid for them all on the cross. It's finished. The price has been paid. There we see in Leviticus 23 that we see we have the first season there in uh, uh, Passover, the second season Pentecost, the third season in Tabernacles. Now, when we take a look at Passover, the first feast of the Lord in Passover Is Passover unleavened bread and first fruits these three. This is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that is recorded for us in the Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is showing that Jesus in His four faces, lion, man, ox, and eagle. In Matthew, He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark, He's the perfect man. Luke, He is the suffering servant. The ox, and John, He is the eagle. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, those three feasts of the Lord were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's the feast of weeks, you would number seven uh, there, uh, from first fruits, times seven, 49, and on the morrow, which would be 50, where we get Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one mind, one accord in the upper room, and suddenly came a sound of a rushing mighty wind, uh, and cloven the tongues of fire appeared, and sat on each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the former rain. Now you have a former rain, and we have a latter rain that has not happened as yet. The former rain was that spoken by the prophet John last, They say, God ought for it, Moses. My spirit upon all flesh, son's daughter prophesied, et cetera. And Acts 2, 4 was the beginning of that. The promise of the father, which saith he, you've heard of me. He sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It is Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost. Now, these, those four feasts have been completed. How do we get into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Being born of the water and the spirit. How do we get born again? Well, the Word of God tells us very simply, Peter given the keys to the kingdom is what must we do? And uh, Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise in you, and to your children, many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, those are newborn babes, designed in sincere mark of the word; They may grow thereby, but we have to grow. Now, those first four feasts, is Jesus fulfilled the death, burial, and resurrection in his own Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us, buried and rose again. Then on the day of Pentecost, he gave us his spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. During this time, there's been a long period of time in the church age, in the Acts of the Second Church Age, or the dispensation of grace. But there's coming a time that we're coming into the other prophetic feast of the Lord, which is the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Trumpets is where we're at now. That's the ministry voice of Jesus in the work of the ministry, which we're all called for for three and a half years, 42 months, time, times and a half, and 1,203 score days in the Jesus ministry. The Day of Atonement, Atonement of course, is the Day of the Lord. And, of course, tabernacles, we go into the millennial reign of Jesus. Christ We will be kings and priests, and we will reign with our Lord in the earth for 1,000 years. We take a look at the sevens in the book of the Revelation that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass it, and signified it by his angel unto John. John, there in Revelation 4-1, said, there was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither, not the rapture, and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. That's the things of faith, which is now faith is the substance of Things hope for the evidence of things not seen. So we start there in Revelation 2 with the seven churches, uh, seven angels of the seven churches there in Asia. We see Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos. Then we see Thyatira being the fourth one. Then Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. The one we're going to focus on here because the seven always, the servant branch, the one in the middle there and sevens is the focal or the main point that God is focusing on. For example, in the Bereshit Barah Elohim 8, that little small two-letter word in Hebrew is the Aleph through the tav. It's the Alpha to the Omega. It is the A to the Z of all of God's attributes, which is Jesus Christ the beginning and the ending and the beginning, knowing all things and all things made by him for him and for his good pleasure, Colossians 1:16 to 17. Now, when we take a look at this things that happened to the church there, it's for perfection. We can see it in that seven again. Seven is dominant there. So we see the seven golden candlesticks, seven there being perfection. We're gonna see it stamped in the book of the Revelation 7. Notice that John said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and this is a voice of the Lord here in the last days. Any man hear uh, what the Spirit is saying to the churches, uh, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That is the ministry voice, that's a G- Jesus' voice, except that my people know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. My sheep, not lambs. We have to be grown up. He's speaking now. And then he tells us the mystery there of the seven stars uh, there, which thou sawest in my right hand, the right hand where we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the seven golden candlesticks, we know seven golden candlesticks he's going to tell us is, that's are the seven churches. That's the churches unto perfection. Not just being born again, but going from newborn babes to little children, growing. I run to you little children because you have known the Father and your sins are forgiven for my name's sake, but you've known the Father. Therefore, now you have the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory revealed in the days of his flesh. That grace and truth came by him, and he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Now, there's going to be a manaha'am in the last days. And what does that mean during Jacob's trouble? We see that Jacob had the angels that went with him as he was going uh, to see uh, Jacob and Esau. Well, we're going to find the same through in the last days. The body of Christ will have the angels as ministering spirits for those who are heirs of salvation. And these angels uh, not only speak of the uh, angelic force ministering spirits, but also the messengers. There are the apostles to the seven churches. This is first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, et cetera, to the seven churches that will spearhead the move of God in the last days and all in and through the Holy Ghost alone. There we find that in the Revelation 2, the Thyatira is that seventh, uh, that servant branch in that seven golden candlesticks. It's a middle one, the servant branch of the Shamash. We see what is the dominant thing that we find in the churches there that is keeping her from perfection that the Lord is saying, you need to take care of. You need to deal with this. Let's take a look to the angel of the church at Thyatira, right? And, uh, This, these things, and these things are the things of faith. Saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. Brass in the word of God's judgment, and eyes there are revelation. I know thy works. Notice that Jesus said, I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith and thy patience, thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, take a look at this. I have a few things, or a few things of faith that were falling short thereof, even in thy time, against thee, because thou sufferest that woman, who is she, Jezebel, the daughter of Bethbel, which call herself a prophetess to teach, teach and to seduce my servants, the real servants of God, to commit fornication, and to eat things. Not things of faith, but things that sacrificed unto idols. Take a look. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. Fornication is that we are not chaste virgins to the Lord God Almighty. We are doing things that are not becoming to Him or pleasing to Him. He said, Behold, I will cast her at false church into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. That great tribulation, friend, is the wrath of Almighty God. Now, we, tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. Hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But when God says great tribulation, that's his wrath. Now, the wrath of Satan in the last three and a half years of the great tribulation, is not the wrath of God? It's the wrath of Satan, the devil, the old serpent, the scorpion, the devil. That dragon has come down to you, being cast out of heaven by Michael and his angels, has cast in the earth, and has a short time, and he has great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. Well, that time is three and a half years, forty-two months time, times a half, as we see in Revelation twelve. And the ones there, except they repent of their what? We're not doing what God says do. Repent of their deeds. Their deeds uh, is obedience unto righteousness. We're not doing. We call we come close to the Lord with our mouth, but our heart is far from him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I tell you? Repent of your deeds. Not loving in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that works, there are, that accompany salvation must be there for, to be pleasing to the Lord God Almighty. And he's looking at each one of the seven churches. That was Merlin, Pergamos, Thyatira, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, and see, I know thy works. We'll contact, we will uh, address that in just a minute. Notice, she has birth children. He said, but I'll kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that what? That I am He, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Father, the God of glory. He is that blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy six fifteen and 16, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto nor see. And uh, He's the one that searches the reins and the hearts, and I will give to every one of you according to your what? Works. Don't let anybody tell you that you can do any old way and make heaven. You must obey obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Take a look here. Thyatira is that still servant branch? and He said, Behold, I say unto you and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as not have this, what? What is that doctrine? The doctrine is that God is love. You don't have to have any works of obedience. Any way will do, just believe in Jesus, confess it with your mouth, not the Lord Jesus, just confess that Jesus is the Son of God in a uh, in, in, with the mind, with the intellect, not with works there of obedience unto righteousness. You see, whosoever we yield our members of servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death, and that's exactly what's happening here in Thyatira, and in most of the nominal churches throughout the globe. We're told that if you simply believe that Jesus is the Son of God with a mental, intellectual consent, you're saved. That's just not the case. The belief there is a Greek word, pisteo, which is stative and it's not transitive. It is a state of being that requires uh, the moving and obedience to the Holy Ghost. You see, salvation, as Paul stated in 2 Thessalonians 2 that we are saved through uh, the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Well, sanctification of the Spirit is where we've mortified the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do, the deeds of his good pleasure, according to his will. Well, that doctrine is that anyone just says, well, Jesus is the son of God is going to heaven, is a lie. That's a false doctrine, as stated in Thyatira. And which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you no other burden, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works, notice that works again, Keep my word, not my word, my, my works. Not being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Until the end to him will I give power over the nations. You will be kings and priests and reign with the Lord your God in the earth for a thousand years. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be beaten to sh- beaten, broken to shivers as I have received of my Father in the days of his flesh. I will give him the morning star, that morning star uh, Jesus is, that day star, the morning star and in other words, we come to the measure, of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that morning star. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Here we see again, the seven letters to the seven churches, seven all the way through, stamped through the book of the Revelation for perfection, not only body, soul, and spirit, but the whole man, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord in both spirit, soul, and body. We see here that we find the seven letters to the seven churches. We find the, the angel to the church at Ephesus do what? Write. Here's the letter. To the angel of the church at Smyrna, write, there's another letter. The angel of the church at Pergamus, right, there's another letter. That's the word of God that there are Nuptus. To the angel of the church at Thyatira. right, there it is, another letter. Then the angel of the church at Sardis, right, Here's another epistle. And that's, that's Sardis. And then the angel of Philadelphia. What do we do? Write. And to the angel of the church that laid us in, write. For this is to bring us unto perfection. There's again, staff with seven. Here we see in Hebrews 12, 14. Know ye not that to whom you yield, that also Romans 6, 16 through 19. Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men and notice and holiness. Through these singly great and precious promises given to each of us, that we were made partakers of his divine nature. That's holiness. And escape the corruption of the world through lust, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's required for salvation. And we see in Romans 6, verse 16 through 19, it said, Know you not that to whom you yield you your members uh, as servants to obey him, servants are to you to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience, there's your works, unto righteousness. We're made the righteousness of God in him, so we have to grow. Can't stay newborn babies that desire the sincere miracle of the word that we may grow thereby. Then we go to little children. I write to you little children. That's First John 2, 12 14, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father, greater revelation. I write to you young men. That's a Christ in you growing. Though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man after Christ is renewed day by day. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. You have your senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. Now we come to the last day work of the ministry, which are fathers. And John says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that's from the beginning. And he states it the second time, I have written to you fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. Who's that's him from the beginning? Well, the word of God is revealed. Eyes before and behind and the living creatures, those beasts before the throne of God, lion, man, calf, and eagle, have eyes before and behind. They are the ones that are full grown. They're not newborn babes. They're not little children. They're not just overcomers of young men. They're fathers. We see that in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We are called to perfection. Very few realize that. And Paul said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity that is, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost, the iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. He's looking for perfect works. There we see again, in uh, obedience unto righteousness. Take a look what he's saying here in Revelation 2, to each of the churches, Ephesus, Martin, Perkins, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, to find perfect works under the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. Most will say, oh, we can't be perfect in this lifetime, have to sin a little bit. No, he's writing you little children that you sin not. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Well, here Jesus is stating to each church exactly what obedience is required. And notice what he says to each one. I know what? I know your works. He says that to Ephesus. There, Smyrna. He said, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty. He says the same thing to Smyrna. Then to Pergamos. I know thy works. He does it again. Then Thyatira. I know thy works. Why is he focused on the works? Because its obedience is required to do the will of God unto righteousness, yielding the peaceable fruits of holiness. There in Sardis. I know thy works. And here we have Philadelphia. I know thy works. Laodicea. I know thy works. It's works that accompany the, that salvation. It's the works there that faith can faith alone save you. James said, no. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. We also see seven there in the spirits of God. We know there's only One body, one spirit, in whom we're calling, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's the Father of all, above all, and in us all. We realize that. But a sevenfold spirit is a perfect spirit of God. It's a sevenfold spirit, and we see this in Isaiah verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 12, uh, 11, I'm sorry, Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, uh, there and you'll see there in, in Revelation 4:5 it says, there are seven lamps of fire before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. And we wonder well where we what are those seven spirits when there's only one spirit of God? Well, we see in Isaiah 11 verse one and two, and here's one, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And the spirit of wisdom, there's two and understanding, these are attributes of God, three, the spirit of counsel, four. And might, five, and the spirit of knowledge, six, and of the fear of the Lord, seven. There's your seven spirits of the Lord God. Uh, That should read Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. All right. Uh, And here we go. It's again, seven stamped all through the book of the Revelation. Seven stars. We're going to see that, the mystery of the seven stars. You'll see seven again. And the Pleiades. Pleiades. Then to the angel of the church of Sardis right, that these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars. That's the what? Perfection. The light of God. And the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Everything seven for perfection, going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. We have seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vows. All of us know that. There, and we can read that in the word of God. We want the point we want to make here. It's seven. It's stamped with seven throughout the book of Revelation. There's seven horns, seven eyes. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. What He requires to be pleasing in His sight and to have access into the kingdom of heaven. And He said, and Behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and out of the, and of the four beasts, these are the four living creatures. And in the midst of the elders those of the four and twenty stood a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns uh, there was the power of God unto perfection seven eyes that's per- pure perfect revelation which are the seven spirits of God Jesus learned obedience to the things which he suffered in the days of his flesh after that he took the law that was the ordinance of the law that was a partition between the spirit that he is God Almighty the Father of Glory and uh, the man that he was as our kinsman-redeemer, and broke down that middle wall of partition, thereby making peace in one new man. That new man is the quickening spirit, the last Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Well, that's the revelation that God has given us there. Take a look. There are seven angels. We know that seven again. And here again, that's angelos. It means messenger. It can be also angels, which are angel spirits, as ministers of flame of fire, which work in... Uh, Harmony there hearkening uh, to the voice of God in obedience. The mystery of the seven stars which I saw us in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven golden sticks which I saw us are the seven churches. And the seven angels which stood before God, to them were given seven trumpets. That's the trumpet voice of Jesus. And you'll see it in Revelation 8 2, the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, having their breasts guarded with golden girdles, carrying out the will of God. Here we have again, stamped with seven for perfection, seven trumpets. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and they were given seven trumpets. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. That's the ministry voice of Jesus. Not only doing redemption miracles of Jesus that he did in the days of his flesh, saying, These things that I do shall you do also. healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walking, and the captive went free. Blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me. But he said, Greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because of the amount of transfiguration. Uh, we see, Remember my servant Moses and behold Elijah. Moses did the judgment miracles that we see in the two witnesses of Revelation 11, giving power to these two witnesses, and they are judgment miracles given to the saints of the Most High God, and the fire that proceedeth out of their mouth, in this manner shall they be killed. Now the saints have not been given a rod, for they beat the, the nations into shivers, but a rod of iron but they are the word of God unto perfection as the last season of God going through in this last reign of the Holy Ghost. And in this manner shall they be killed by the fire that proceedeth out of their mouth. Not the rod, out of their mouth. They're speaking the word of God and God is judging according to his word. And we see the seven angels there. as seven again for perfection. And we see again here, seven, 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 all through the word of God, seven thunders. There in Revelation 10, John heard the seven thunders that were their voices. He was about to write. He said, "See that to us and not. He is told to take the little book, the Biblioridion, out of the angel's hand. Take it. Why? Because nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence, of violent, take it. By force. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it. Got to press it toward the mark for for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Well, he took that book out of the angel's hand and ate all of it. We are that John in the last days in the spirit of Elijah. And it said, John, you must again prophesy, preach before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the last day work of the ministry. And we find that the seven thunders there are perfection. That is, uh, the lightning is a revelation of the word of God. And the thund- thunderings is uh, the voice and the revelation of it, the understanding of it. Here we see there's 7,000 men. You see seven again. Same now there was a great earthquake in the 10th part of the city fell, and in an the earthquake was slain of men. 7,000. And the remnant were fried and gave glory to God. We see everywhere seven, seven stamped on everything. Seven heads, seven crowns. Revelation twelve three appeared, O great wonder in heaven, behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And we see the same thing in Revelation 13. One stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns upon his horns, ten crowns upon his heads. the name of blasphemy, seven heads, and seven crowns there. They're coming in against an antichrist, against the truth of the word of God. Seven last plagues. This is judgment of God. When judgment's in the earth, men will learn righteousness. He's not doing this. God's not doing this to destroy mankind. He's doing this so they will turn to him and see that in that day, he said, you will know. That I am the Lord thy God. Jesus Christ, the man in the days of his flesh, was glorified by the Father's own self, set down with the Father in his throne, and that's a revelation that Jesus Christ is that Spirit. And we see in Revelation 15:1, another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. There's a seven last plagues. You see it again. Revelation 21, 9, 7 last plagues. Uh, this is the last call of God in the earth, in the ministry voice of Jesus. Seven vials. Bowls filled up the wrath of God. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials of the wrath of God, of Almighty God. Here again, seven stamped throughout the word of God. Seven mountains. And there, here is the mind that hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains uh, on which the woman setteth. Of course, the woman being that uh, uh, false church there, Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of harlot's abomination of the earth. She said, I said a queen, I am no widow and I will see no sorrow, no birth pain. She says, we're not gonna have any tribulation. We're gonna be pre-tribulation raptured out. And because of that, that's that daughter of Ethbel, the Jezebel that we see in Thyatira, which is the Shemash or the center branch that God's warning in the church unto perfection. Seven kings, there are seven kings, five are fallen. One is the other's not yet come, and when he cometh, he must continue a short space. We have Assyria, Egypt, then we have Media, uh, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome, and uh, but we have the seven kings there. We come over again. Seven, uh, the body of Christ is called as a perfect man. Many do not understand. We're called to go on to perfection. Notice what Paul states to the church at Ephesus. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not just Gnosco, but epigonosco. It means we come to the full measure of the statue of Jesus, epigonosco, much higher revelation. The knowledge of the Son of God takes us to what? Unto a perfect man. Your Christ in you is perfected. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ doing the will of God. Why? That we're not henceforth no more children. You gotta grow. Can't be children that uh, your sins are forgiven for His name's sake and, uh, uh, you, you know that He's the Father. Gotta go higher. You're not no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning that whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But you're speaking the truth in love. Charity may grow up into him in what? In all things, in all truth, not partial truth. You see, in Pentecost we saw through a glass darkly, had knowledge in part. Prophecy to fail. Knowledge would be done away with. Tongues will cease. But here, in all truth. It says there, Now God has shown forth His glory in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be gotten out of ourselves. The Lord is that Spirit. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God. Christ in us is Jesus in us. Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Son... Is there glorified by the Father's own self but one Spirit? A promise of the Father which said, he, You've heard of me, He is the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. He is that Spirit of God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Notice in 2 Corinthians 3 17, the Lord is that Spirit. That's where we've missed it. We think it's Spirit Junior, second person of the Godhead. No, it's only Holy One, not a Holy Trinity. And He said, Now we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Not seeing through a glass darkly, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, the very same image of Jesus, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Nothing of us. It's all in Him. And we grow up into Him in all things of truth, which is ahead even Christ. What do we see here? We're seeing that perfection for the body of Christ, and that's what we're called for now, friend. Body of Christ to be conformed to the image of Jesus again. Romans 8, 29, and 30. For whom he did foreknow, foreknowledge of God, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified them he also glorified. Not just justification, but glorification as well. We want to be glorified with him and perfection. Nothing else is going in, my friend. Perfection. Matthew five forty-eight and the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, Jesus stated it. Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Why? Because Jesus is in the days of his flesh. He is our kinsman Redeemer, and that man, Christ Jesus, is caught and made under the law. In Galatians 4, verse 4, in fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made in under the law. Well, the law was a middle wall of partition, parting the man, Christ Jesus, from the spirit that he had without measure from the womb. Jesus working, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Well, after he fulfilled the law, being tempted at all points like we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4, uh, 15, he broke down this middle wall of partition and was glorified with the Father's own self. And in John 16, he says uh, there, I will no more pray the Father for you. You will ask in my name and I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. For the Father loveth me and has given all things unto me. He's glorified by the Father's own self. So we see there in Matthew 28, 18, how high did Jesus go? Well, he said, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless. He's glorified by the Father's own self. John 17, 5. Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know surely this same Jesus that you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and what? Christ, which is the Holy Ghost. Christ in us, the hope of glory, which is the Spirit of the Father, which is the Spirit of the Son, one and the same, Galatians 4, 6. That's the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Be therefore perfect, even your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, somebody said, what does that mean to us? Well, my pastor doesn't preach this or my denomination doesn't preach this. Take a look at the kingdom of heaven at Jesus. The greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gave us the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Tells us exactly what it's going to take to have access and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. But he says in Matthew 7, Verse 21 through 23. Let's read it together. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. That's Lord Jehovah God Almighty. In 1 Corinthians, it states there that no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. These are born again, not only babies, but children. They know he's the Lord of glory, the Father. They have definitely been born again. But he said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. we got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's looking for works uh, that accompany salvation in obedience unto righteousness. Again, whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him, the service to whom you obey, whether sin or the death, even though we have the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, it must be obeyed. If we don't obey it and we do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's called iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience. And iniquity will abound in the last days and 11. Many will wax cold. And Jesus said, many. Not just a few. Many will say to me in that day, "Lord, Lord, we know you're the Father of Glory. We know that you're God. We're one God people. We know who you are. Have we not prophesied in thy name? We called your name Jesus. We know G is Jehovah. Sus, we believed on your name that Jesus Jehovah's salvation. We believed on the name of the Son of God. And in thy name, have cast out devils. Nothing of us." And in thy name, we've done many wonderful works. Notice what Jesus says. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Why? You that works at, watch at work. You that work iniquity. You may have had the Holy Ghost, but you didn't obey it. Maybe you were called. Maybe you were called for a mission field, but you didn't go. But you thought, well, I'll do a little work over here and it'll be okay. I'll cast out a few devils and I'll uh, do some many wonderful works in his name and I'll make it. We have to do the perfect will of God. And I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each one of us is, because He's dealt to every one of us, each one of us, the measure of faith. Whatever, that's not a general measure to the body of Christ, that's individual calling, different ministrations, but the same spirit. The quest for life, my friend, is to find the will of God and do it. How do we do that? Get in the Word of God and seek His face. And when you seek Him, for him with all your heart, you will find him. And that'll be obedient unto the calling of God and make you calling and election sure. Add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge. And add to your knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Do the God life, walk in the spirit of life and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then add to godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is fulfilling the law of Christ, bearing one another's burdens. Charity rejoices in the truth. And in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said, One of the childless makes of the child, understood as a child. I was born again. But when I became a man, I put on charity and rejoiced in the truth. Then I put away childish things. That's where we are today. God expected us to be fathers to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. Perfection. There it is, neighbor. Where we're praying for each one of you. That all of us, that we all, God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us. That we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Newton Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.